0: Welcome to the Waves Slate's podcast about gender, feminism, and any and every issue that could fall into those camps. Every episode, you get a new pair of feminists to talk about the thing we can't get off of our minds. And today you've got me, Daisy Rosario. I'm the senior supervising producer for audio here at Slate, and I am joined by... An actor, an artist, a creator whose work I really, really enjoy, actress, director, writer Lake Bell, made the independent film In a World, which stars her as a woman who is working in the world of Hollywood voiceover. And her character is both the child of one of the big voices in the field and also someone who is competing for some space.
1: This Wednesday, one woman will teach another woman. <clears throat> I just woke up, so my voice is cold. Let's face it. The industry does not crave a female yeah, sound. Yeah, Dad, you may be painfully aware of that my whole I'll life. not be being easily... sexist. That's just the truth. You should stick with the accents. That's what you're good at. What was that great, that Russian Star Wars thing you used to do as a yeah, kid? Yeah, I know the one you're talking about. Please, let me hear <laughs> These are not the droids you're looking for.
2: I <laughs> just love that. It's so random.
0: It's really a fantastic movie and you should definitely check it out but it's also very much why I wanted to talk to her about her new project which is an audiobook all about voices so after the break I'm going to be joined by Lake Bell Hey, Waves listeners, if you're new to the show, welcome. And if you like the show, do us a favor and subscribe to our feed. New episodes come out every Thursday morning. And while you're there, check out our other episodes, too, like last week's about Sarah Palin.
1: Lake Bell, welcome to The Waves. Thank you. That sounds like it's all very fitting, that sentence, given (laughs) the lake and the waves and all of it.
0: Lake, you are an actor, a director, a writer, and also someone who is apparently deeply passionate about voices, if we didn't already know that from your feature film, In a World, uh, which is all about the world of voiceover artists, particularly the ones who do our trailers and things. It's a fantastic movie. You're releasing a new audiobook uh, with Pushkin Industries called Inside Voice, and it's all about our voices. Tell us a little bit about what this project is.
1: Inside Voice, my obsession with how we sound, is very much that. I think that, you know, not only has my obsession with uh, and passion about the human voice, not only has it been sort of something that has been my North Star in the work that I do, um, but it's also just from a sociological, cultural discussion point of view, something really compelling to many people. They just don't even realize it. So before we go out for our day, you know, we kind of look at our hair and we check our teeth and we, you know, put on our the good trousers, not the ones that I don't like because of the thing that they do at the waist. You know, we're really thinking about what we look like and how we present visually and aesthetically to others. But then we sort of forget the most, I think, underrated tool of communication, which is our voice. And we don't we don't exercise it. We take it for granted. We're terrible to it. You know, we don't hydrate enough. We don't take deep enough breaths, you know, and all of these things. I mean, it's, you know, it is the literal mouthpiece to how you relate to all of your loved ones and your work ones at all. And so there's a just a disconnect. And I would argue that the voice is the the thing that our is most personal to us and imbues our entire Personal history, you know, um, whether we smoked a lot during our twenties and like went through a stint of that, or if we've you know uh, endured some kind of trauma that has you know abbreviated the way we we take on certain vowels and kind of even sometimes it can completely snub your voice completely, and we talk about that in the book to the point where like you know your accent or your dialect can kind of broadcast to a community of people that you want to be a part of them or that you are in fact. You speak the language, as it were.
0: I did a, an episode recently with an author named Alyssa Bassist. She has a new book out called Hysterical. She also did a ton of research into the voice, but it came way more from a like a health mystery perspective. Like She was having trouble with her voice and, and it was trying to figure out what was going on. That book is kind of written as a series of essays. It's like a memoir via essays with research, whereas yours is very much fixated on The voice itself and with lots of, you know, personal threads that come in to, you know, explain your interest in things, but a very different kind of research.
1: Mine is nerdy and also very playful, for sure. You know, the the playful quality comes from my true love of our voices and the kaleidoscope that they offer. However, what you were just speaking of reminds me of Pam Greer's contribution, which psychogenic dysphonia is a condition where you lose your voice due to trauma um which I talk about in the book uh, with Pam and she gave a very sort of generous and moving
2: account of how that transpired for her and then there was feeling and fondling and laughing and groping and I was I be- became very anxious I said what are you doing this is this is what game are we supposed to be doing and then next thing you know I hear a man's voice walk into the room and it's, it's a telephone repairman who starts screaming and shouting at everyone, get off her, get off her. What are you doing? What are you doing? And I, 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 I woke up totally frightened. I didn't know what was going on. What was happening to me? Why am I hurting below my stomach? Why can I breathe? I can't breathe. And one of the boys looked me in the face and he just grabbed me and he was shaking me. He said, if you tell anybody, I'll beat you up. And there was so much chaos going on. all I know is if I told I was gonna get in trouble, I'm gonna get in trouble because I'm now bleeding and urinating on myself. There's only one bathroom. I go in the bathroom and I close the door and lock and I sit on the floor and I'm just shaking and crying. I can't talk and my late sister says, "Pammy, what's going on? She wants to to ask me what's going on, and I don't know what to tell her, and that's when I I become silent, and our voice is just so connected to so much more
1: <laughs> it, it's so linked, you know, like, as I sit here today, you know, it's like I have a low I think my my off the truck voice is probably probably pitched higher than I naturally kind of roll through day to day, you know, but for whatever reason, this is what I feel comfortable with. And when I'm speaking to you, about my audiobook, you know, this is kind of the pitch and the the quality in which I'd like to to relate and think in. Um, and then, you know, because our voices have this kind of pliability, you know, I, how I speak to my children, it, it can soften and be a little bit higher maybe, you know. And do I, when I've had a couple drinks, do I fry a little bit? Sure. <laughs> you know, like, you know, and Absolutely. and it's like... Yeah. And so I love the the cheeky, playful nature that, you know, and especially me, who I, I like to do accents and dialects in films and things like that. And I think there's a generosity of of spirit in this research. We all get to be kind of level and balanced in, in that we're all, <clears throat> excuse me, my voice, um, we're all kind of in it together and we all can, we're totally allowed to have some self-loathing. We're totally allowed... To 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 like be embarrassed and, you know, and all those things. But then additionally, in the book, I'm kind of like, okay what's going on here? Why are we so disconnected from this tremendous set of muscles that do us right every day?
0: No, that's I mean, that's part of what I I loved about it is that you just really went down so many fantastic Rabbit holes and some are really fun and some are hard in different ways. I mean, the Pam Greer part was um, beautiful and also difficult, but I really appreciate um, how much you wanted to learn about our voices in general and to really talk about that kind of socioeconomic impact that it has in our lives. Because I think when we're speaking about it as women, there's obviously inherently an aspect of like, are we trying to get respect? Are we trying to sound correct? Are we trying to all of those things? But even for people that are not women, culturally, you may be experiencing a version of that. There are things in our own places that we still think of as the the ideal, the version that we should want to sound like or that we should sound like to access certain places. And that's something that's true for all of us.
1: That, that is global. Yeah. I mean, every culture has it, whether you're speaking Spanish or you're speaking French or you're speaking, you know, English and depending on what continent you want. But it really, it, it, it just that kind of hierarchical kind of um, embedded profiling, you know, of you're better than this person based off of the way your vowels sound. So if you're from rural Georgia, like rural And you grew up with a strong regional rural accent and you have dreams as Becca had in my, in my book, and you have dreams of moving to the big city and being in academia. Becca, a contributor in my book, found herself looking at the Gilmore girls and being like, I have to sound like that in order to be a successful person who participates in successful endeavors in a big city. Boom.
2: Okay, I'm officially way too tired to go out tonight, so I'm not trusting my accessorizing instincts. Tell me what you think. I have no wilderness skills. So you hate the purse? How am I supposed to get into Harvard if I have no wilderness skills? I don't know, honey. Maybe you'll have to give up your dream of majoring in logging. I call the Fireflies. Do they need troop leaders? Yes, good. I'll be a troop leader, great. The only catch is, it's summer.
1: Camping season, I need wilderness skills. Why did you never take me camping? Camping?
3: Are you kidding? I couldn't get you to step on wet grass until you were three. If you'd taken me camping, I'd have wilderness skills. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll take you upstairs. I'll throw you out the window. If you manage to grab that tree, I'll be your witness.
1: That kind of ironing out your cultural heritage that is embedded in your vocal emanations is like something to mourn later on in life because all of a sudden you won't even be able to f- remember it and then suddenly you've ironed out a huge part of your, your familial legacy.
0: We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back on the waves, we are going to dive a little bit more into how much of this is our choice versus not. That's right after this break. If you want to hear more from Lake and myself on another topic, check out our Sleep Plus segment. Today, Lake and I are going to continue our conversation about voices and dig into what people fear most when it comes to their own voices and the sexy baby voice. And please consider supporting the show by joining Slate+. Plus. Members get benefits like zero ads on any Slate podcast, no paywall to the Slate site, and bonus content of shows like Amicus, Slate Money, and of course, this one. To learn more, go to slate.com forward slash the waves plus. We are back with actor, writer, director, now audio book impresario, Lake Bell, uh, who is here to join us to talk about her new audiobook, Inside Voice. So we were talking about the hierarchy of voices, the way that it tells us about who we are and where we are and the places we want to get to. I mean, I imagine um, that this varies for people. But in your research, I mean, how much do you feel – in your speaking voice and day-to-day at this point is a choice versus what you've absorbed?
1: I, it's a, a really great question. I mean, I feel like we are, you know, we're in the industry and the business of voice. So my my choices are, I'm quite self-aware, vocally self-aware. And I always have been as a kid. It's like I was that precocious kid that was doing accents and dialects. And they're like, you got a good ear, kid, you know, like whoever, <laughs> insert yes. random grown-up there. Um, but, you know, I think that a lot of the times we are not making these choices. As we walk through and go to the grocery store and we, you know, we're not talking in a way that's aware, you know, if a telemarketer calls you, you know, and they're like, we'd like to tell you about it. You're like, no, thank you. You know, and you're like, maybe more, maybe more, maybe more honest in your, in your vocal, uh, sounds versus, you know, do we find ourselves in positions where, for instance, if you watch Love is Blind... You'll remember Jessica and she is, it's a tremendous, uh, uh, case study. I mean, truly amazing case study of just the way that she's speaking to the, um, in her little pod where she's just talking to camera and saying, you know, this is what I'm feeling. And, you know, I really like this guy and maybe it could go somewhere. And then when she is with the guy and in the actual love is blind pod, She's talking like that. And she's talking to him and getting to know him, but like only using her voice and using it like that.
2: Oh, this is us right here. Ah!
0: Yay! You ready? This is the first night outside of the pod and it's freaking me out that I'm engaged right now. Did I really just do this? My parents don't
2: know what's going on right now. I don't have my phone. So no one knows where I am. No one knows I'm in Mexico. It's cra- <laughs> it's crazy and it's tripping me out. I love hearing the waves crash on the beach. That's my, my favorite thing in
1: the whole world. And that's really interesting to me because it's like, okay, so she's making a choice to speak that way because she feels that whatever, she feels more sexy. She feels more uh, feminine, sounds more viable. We do a lot of style shifting in our day-to-day life and oftentimes are not aware of it.
0: You know, when we talked with uh, the author, Alyssa Bassist, one of the things we talked about was the amount of mail that women who have a podcast, I worked in public radio for a long time, the amount of emails, the amount of listener mail that we would get critiquing the women's voices.
1: Yeah, this is is hard. This is, it's real. Um, So we have a real, I think, society at large has a real bone to pick with female voices there there. It's almost criteria you cannot meet. There's a no win solution here (laughs) because if you sound more male, then you are hard and sharp and it's, you know, it feels like you're bossing the, uh, the listener around, right? Like that's the, the sad thing that people have reported. Um, if you are too, quintessentially gendered feminine, then in the sound, in the pitch and, and, and the lyrical quality of it, then all of a sudden you're doomed because nobody will take you seriously or blah, blah, blah. And then if you're too kind of practical, like the sound will sound too practical, then you sound like a nagging wife. I mean, literally there are, there are studies that come out where they say a female voice is really, really picked apart. And I, I, I think about it in electability. You know, this is what I talk about in the book as well, which is like, how do we get a goddamn female elected official in our highest office? And I think that voice is going to be integral as the vocal crow flies, like Oprah's voice wins Um, because we have a sense of there's nostalgia, there's warmth, there's safety in it. It's
3: powerful. I've interviewed and portrayed people who've withstood some of the ugliest things life can throw at you. But the one quality all of them seem to share is an ability to maintain hope for a brighter morning, even during our darkest nights. So I want all the girls watching here and now to know that a new day is on the horizon. <clears throat> And when that new day finally dawns, it will be because of a lot of magnificent women, many of whom are right here in this room tonight, and some pretty phenomenal men fighting hard to make sure that they become the leaders who take us to the time when nobody Ever has to say me too again thank you
1: people feel for whatever reason safer with that lower Well, what we know what the reason is but people feel safer with a with with ingesting some kind of information or authority from a person with a lower register and that is somewhat gendered um aoc is very cool In her vocal quality, because she is a, that is a feminine soft sound in her voice. She has tremendous authority and conviction, and she has maintained a sound that feels youthful and feminine, quintessentially feminine, and in her sort of pitch tone tone. In the lyrical nature of of how she phrases her her words, and that I think is really interesting in that it's shaping kind of future generations of what we accept as as authority.
0: I find that it is something that obviously like I have to pay attention to more. Um, but yeah, I think like any topic um, uh, that we are all. A part of whether or not we think about it or not, people feel very entitled to having opinions on other people's voices. and specifically women. I mean, Hillary. I'm oh, everyone was so
1: upset. They were just so upset about her voice for <laughs> a woman. She's just like, I mean, even like you look at Sarah Palin if you want to look both sides of the aisle, you know, um blue and red, you've got Hillary and Palin, right? And they're both their you know their voices are getting attacked there's no way to win well
0: and and one of the things i really enjoyed about the book overall is that whether you know whether we're talking about accents whether we're talking about roles in society like th- so many of the different ways that we are reacting to voices is just about what we are familiar with versus what we are not familiar with and that is i think just you know, that's just so true of all of us, even though we're not necessarily thinking about it that way.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's it's human. You know, it's like I'm not – there's no pointing fingers at all in the book. The book is like – that's why I, I started being I mean, like, we're all in it together, you know. And we we have opinions whether you know it or not. One of my favorite uh, portions of the book is is Trust or Bust, which is a game I made up where I had a a, a bunch of different people read the very iconic um, Yes, We Can speech uh, by Obama, uh, but just an excerpt. And it's, it's, you know, so you're not judging the words nor the performance, but you're seeing whether you trust the voice, um, that is speaking it. And I had a deep regional, uh, Southern accent. I had uh, an Italian man with a heavy Italian accent. I had, you know, um, a sort of a sibilant S, uh, kind of homosexual, your quintessential gay man voice, um, represented. I had, um, which we talk about at, at extensively in the book. Um, and then, uh, and then a multitude of other sounds and interesting pitches and whatnot, and and then had anonymously people really judge, and and that's why I made it anonymous yeah. so that they could really express. <laughs> I said, "Listen, yeah. you're not you're not going to be in the book unless you're being honest, you know." And and really allow for them to kind of react to whether they trust it or they bust it. And um, it was so interesting. It was just like, you know, people we just carry. Bias, we do. <laughs> Even if you're like yeah, a everything. good citizen, you know. Yeah. And it, it was uh, extraordinary.
0: Yeah, that was one of my favorite parts. I think because, again, as somebody who thinks a lot about these things, you know, there were there were aspects of listening to it that just were very affirming, or things where I was like, "Oh yeah, like it's cool to hear somebody go down the same rabbit hole of a question that I would have." Um, But, like, you know, it it definitely made me realize little things. Like, as we mentioned already, I am Puerto Rican from Brooklyn. Uh, One of the things that came up um, was that, you know, in the book is that that New York accent is not considered particularly trustworthy. Um, And then, you know, you're talking about different ones um, from other countries as well. And I also have a a passion for um, other accents. And my personal favorite is the Scottish brogue, uh, which, again, also can vary. But it made me laugh to hear that like that one was also considered untrustworthy. And I was like, I'm drawn to something else, right? Like my baseline, like this is still bias in its own way. But
1: everyone's, you're, you're also referring to people who are, that, that was their opinion, right? Like that's, yeah, yeah. So within kind of like social experiments and experimentation. So you have, um, you know, it's really interesting. I, one of my judges is from the deep South, Heard the man speak in the deep Southern accent, and was like triggered. He had trouble with it, so he didn't feel akin. He's a highly progressive, deep South guy who now is in lives blue state, and felt very triggered by it. While someone else, this other uh, woman who is um, Latinx and and. Spanish speaking, she loved the sound of the Southern man because she thought, oh, I can envision a whole like sitting on a porch and drinking some lemonade. And she had all of these interesting uh, sort of visual biases that she that she brought to the table that actually made her feel really comfortable. <laughs> you know, so so beautiful to to just hear how these sounds and how um these voices really took people on journeys, you know, in that split second.
0: Leek, thank you again, so much. It was great to get to pick your brain and to talk about all these aspects of voices and nerding out about voices in the way that I really, really wanted to do. So thank you so much for being here again, Lake. We really appreciate your time.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was really fun.
0: That is our show this week. The Waves is produced by Shayna Roth. Daisy Rosario is Senior Supervising Producer of Audio. Yes, that's me. Alicia Montgomery is Vice President of Audio. We would love to hear from you. Email us at thewaves@sleep.com. The Waves will be back next week. Different hosts, different topic, same time and place.